This episode is brought to you by the YouTube channel Comic Pop. If you enjoy this show, subscribe to youtube.com slash comic pop for even more deep dives into your favorite comics. You got like a lion's mane of hair going on here. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Hey, everybody, welcome to Off the Rack. <laughs> I'm Sal. And I'm Tiffany. We're talking about comic books today. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are interested in comics and comic book reviews, Tiffany and I are here every Monday in the evening, Eastern Standard Time, of course, sometime after 5 p.m to talk about the books that came out this past week. We're going to recap them, review them, tell you what we thought about them, and then we're all done. We're going to give you recommendations for comics that are coming out this week that we think you should pick up and that you might not know are coming out this week because for some reason a lot of people don't know and I think the comic book industry isn't working nearly as hard to let people know when their GD books are coming out. So, That's right. we're picking up the slack. Uh, but before we do, I want to mention that, of course, this show is sponsored by viewers like you out there. Uh, yeah, I stole that from uh, PBS, but you know what? It's public uh, broadcasting, that's so okay. I think it's okay to co-opt it. Hashtag LeVar Burton to host Je uh, Jeopardy. Yes. I yeah. don't even think that's the actual hashtag, no, but, like, but it I should am be. so down. I don't, I don't watch Jeopardy. I really have no, no I would, stake yeah, in this, I'm done. but like, let LeVar Burton do it. Give him the job. Why not? Everyone loves him. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So, uh, but you don't have to take my word for it. <laughs> But before we jump into it, of course, we want to do a couple of quick shout-outs today. Number one, I want to give a shout-out to Valiant uh, Entertainment slash Valiant Comics uh, <laughs> tomorrow and then the day after that. So Wednesday, uh, the new Shadow Man's coming out, and uh, it's 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 really good. It um, is. It's going to be my recommendations. I'll talk more about that at the end of the show. But before we do, I want to say it was nice of Valiant to send us this poster. I like that poster. It's dope. I do too. Hey! This is the Tony Moore uh, version. It's signed by... And it's signed by Cullen Bunn. Colby! That's right. That's right. It's actually a, a rare poster. Uh, normally when I show these off, it's because uh, we're going to give them away. We're not. Uh, we're this is mine. this one. Um, this one's ours. But yeah. Uh, so this is cool. Uh, it's the cover, I think, to the first issue. Uh, but, uh, by the way, while this art is done by Tony Moore... Uh, <laughs> The interior is done by John Davis Hunt, and he does an unbelievably good job. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever seen any of his work, whether it's the uh, Immortal She-Hulk or uh, Wildstorm, it's great. He's dope. And you got the master of horror, uh, John, uh, <laughs> I was going to say John Carpenter, uh, Cullen Bunn. People call him the master of horror. I'm like, I guess. I mean, he's good at it. Well, no, they did that one time. It was on a show from like a decade ago. No, I mean uh, Cullen Bunn. Oh, I was saying John Carpenter. Yeah, no. You're I, sitting next to the master of horror. No, wasn't that Wes Craven? It was. Yeah. because You know what? The reality is there is no qualifier for who the master Who's of horror master is. Of horror? Because horror is so subjective. It is. You have your own master. I could say Junji Ito is the master of horror. Adam Sandler's the master of horror i mean did you see jack and jill so yeah uh colin bunn did a great job with this i've read the first two issues and it's really fun it's a good book it's a genuinely good book also it sent us this pin uh you can see that's actually one of the covers from uh the upcoming shadow man series trying but, so uh, hard to, like... it, it, all the way in the bottom there is uh, is the is the title it says shadow man the camera's shadow just man. not focusing on it it's cute i like it it's it's like it's a cute little pin yeah i like it it's, it's fun. The reality is you're not getting it, so it doesn't. You don't even need to this see. This is it. my pin. Just know that just we have it. We're really enjoying pin. it. This is the pin that is for me. Uh, so yeah, if you do want to help sponsor the show, of course you can uh, leave a comment or question here using super chats, and we'll read it here on the program. Uh, we're gonna weave it in organically. I also want to give a very we very are? yeah nice. 
A uh, very, very brief shout-out, uh, the briefest of shout-outs, to a comic book store that uh, we discovered. Actually, we discovered a number of them because uh, over the weekend, uh, Tiffany, my lovely wife, and I wanted to spend uh, a, a day, the, the nicest of the days of uh, the weekend this past weekend, just just doing nice things, couple things. I think we were planning on uh, taking a walk someplace. Uh, sold out. Apparently, you can sell out of a park. Uh, <laughs> well, nowadays you can, it's fair. Going to the zoo? Sold out. Can't go to the zoo that even the crappy alternative that was also fair also sold out so what we did was we hunkered it down and we decided to go on an old-fashioned comic trip and uh, so tiffany and i got into our car and we went to a bunch of comic shops that we'd never been to uh on the east easternmost uh area of of northern new jersey yeah we found some really great ones we sure did uh, and i'd like to mention them uh, right now. Uh, the first one, of course, I want to mention is the Fortress of Solitude. That place was great. Which was in Newark, New Jersey. Not only uh, is it a great name and a really fun location, mm -hmm. uh, it's 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 Newark. I know a lot of people are like, ooh, Newark. Uh, me, I've been going to Newark since I was a child, like a baby. <laughs> My first uh, solid foods were eaten in a Newark restaurant. I actually believe that. Yeah, it was a roll. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, yeah, Fortress Solitude in Newark. It's a solid shop, but uh, but it's also huge. Uh, it's yeah. got these beautiful, big, big ceilings. Yeah, uh, tons of comics. And they had like everything we could have wanted. Like they had like a a smaller dollar bin section for like just some trades, which was kind of or not some trades, some some floppies, which was nice because I like the dollar bins. But when there's like a lot of them, sometimes it's like overwhelming. Like, how am I going to get through all these? Right? I want to see the rest of the store. They just had a few. It was enough. There was like maybe six short boxes yeah. there. That was really great. They had a, a really dope uh, spread of their new comics for the week. In fact, I grabbed something there that I hadn't even realized had come out. Yeah, and I was so so very excited for that because I hadn't I didn't see it on the list. I just missed it. Yeah, but just like there it. it was in front what of me. What was it? Me. Oh, I haven't had a chance to read it because it was here. Yeah, I left it here. Um, but it was the silver coin. It's an image title. Um, it's a horror supernatural image title that's coming out, and each issue is going to be written by a different writer. So the first one was Chip Zdarsky. Yeah. So I'm in. The first one's the silver coin, the ticket. So ooh. I was like, ooh, ooh, I like that. This is I, I like these kind of like little anthology things. I'm really looking forward to diving into this now that I have it back in my hands. Right. By the way, if you do like Chip Zdarsky, and I know some of you do, uh, he'll be actually on the Elseworlds Exchange tomorrow live at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So don't miss that episode. Uh, but yeah, so uh, for uh, uh, Fortress, Fortress Solitude. Solitude Great, great shop, great owner, yeah. uh, and and just a great atmosphere. Good prices too. Mm -hmm. uh, I got at least three different wizards uh, from that store. You you certainly did. I did. <laughs> uh, we also hit up. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, Starts with the P. Paradox. Paradox Comics. Yes. Uh, good store. Very small, but a lot of fun. It's a, it's one of those things where you know it's like it packs a punch. It's like a Junior Mint. Of a comic book store. It, yeah, it was very tiny, um, but, like, just literally something in every nook. Yeah. Like, everywhere. Things dangling from the ceiling. Things right? up high. Things down low. Just something. Yep. Everywhere. They also had dollar books. They also had uh, cheap trades. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually got picked up a trade that we're going to be doing on back issues in the next two or three weeks. You did. I'm very I, excited about I, that. I'm excited. Me too. Me too. And we also went to a, uh, I don't even want, it's like a conglomerate. We went to a place called Anthony's Comic Book Art Warehouse uh, or Anthony's Comic Book and Art Store Yeah. in a town that I can't... Comic books, I think it's Books, Original Art, and Collectibles. Yeah, Comic Book Art Warehouse and Collectibles. Uh, comic Books, Original Art, and Collectibles in, uh, in Munichi? Monaki. Monaki, thank you. In Monaki, New Jersey. This place is 
ridiculous. Yeah, and like honestly, I think we got in on a technicality because this is really their warehouse. It really is the warehouse. This is the warehouse. They have a storefront, and they are going to open up a retail front there in Monaki. In Monaki, which, by the way, like when that does open, like if you're looking for something, anything, you'll probably find it there. Anthony has it right somewhere. Reality he has is, it. Anthony's got it all. He's and got he literally and like not just comic books. He's got comic books. He's got comic book. Like memorabilia, he's got comic book tie-in items, like yep. cereal boxes. Cereal and... boxes, posters, uh, greeting cards, action figures, toys, yeah, statues. He has regular toys, uh, like just old books, first edition books, art books, LPs, sports memorabilia. It's just nuts. <laughs> it was a nuts experience. But they also have a retail uh, store in another town. It starts with an L. I don't recall. Leonia. Leonia, New Jersey. Uh, Which that's is a like, fun store, too. Yeah, that was actually really, like, that was a great store. They have a solid dollar bin section as mm -hmm. well, as well as just, you know, books that are out for this week, some fun merch, and then a back room filled with, um... Like, just long boxes, long boxes of dollar and two dollar and three dollar. Well, they, no, they were all... A 50% off They were 50% off cover price, but they were all, they were closer to, like, maybe some key issues you might be looking for. That's true. Um like really nicely put together yeah like just just solid also shout out to the comic book retailers who when you purchase a comic book that doesn't have a bag and board they give you one forces of solids who did that i grabbed silver coin and i grabbed um the other history of the dc universe yeah, part three part three and I, I just watched i was like she's putting them in the bag like the, with the bag and board i didn't ask didn't for that ask didn't for charge it. me for it i just was like so appreciative of yeah. it uh to protect those so shout out to you guys going the extra mile it's true love it's true. that uh, all these shops had something to offer, and it was always great to yes. support your local comic book store. And uh, if you haven't had a, have a chance and you have a driver's license, go out and explore. For sure. I see someone in the chat, like just right general chat, said like, uh, morning from Japan. Oh, good morning to you. Uh, what, what, how do you say good morning in Japanese? Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> I someplace I desperately want to go, but I like, I'm like so afraid of travel, but yeah. uh, I want to go. So we'll get into the uh, Super Chats. Re <laughs> Last thing I want to say is uh, Senior VP of Marvel Comics, Tom Brevoort, has a YouTube channel, and uh, he was kind enough, uh, generous enough to sit with me and talk for over an hour where we just yammered on about how to edit comic books, his life as an editor, uh, and uh, and and the, that that Spider-Man incest story you're never gonna have. Uh, if you want to know more about that, watch the episode that dropped this morning, uh, where me and uh, Tom Brevoort chat for an hour. It is such a fun episode, and it's such a rare privilege to get a chance to talk to like major senior executives of com of companies like what? Marvel or DC. What a what a good uh, teaser there. Thank you. Because what? Yeah, don't, don't no. tell us. He and by the way, I didn't mention it. He he mentioned. He brought it up. No, don't ask me. You know, he you're gonna have to ask him about it. But uh but check out the episode. It's a lot of fun. Uh and you know. So that's it. Let's jump into what Brian Rowland says. Thank yeah. you for having an entertaining and important formative place for anyone at all interested in comics in any way. You're all amazing. No, Brian, well, you are thank amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Someone thank you, also man. said goodnight from from Germany. Oh I know I got nothing there. Uh Gesundheit. Josilla says, uh, here's some scratch for some awesome content. All you guys rock. P.S. It was a blast seeing Joel, Sal, and Betty together. Together again for Absolute Comics. Yeah, it was great to have Joel back on. The band was back together. That's I'm trying, right. I'm trying to figure out this whole... There we go. Hey, I did it. Yay. I, I figured it out. Mm -hmm. That's right. We got, uh, we got new chairs. 
We do have new chairs, but now we're trying to figure out um, how to interlock them so armrests like, yeah. so that we can freely move. But I mm-hmm. can be a little closer. Hi. Yeah, the truth is, uh, you know, this is a you know we have a studio, but we're also still a, a small under 100k operation. And uh, so I've been just been using like hobbled together. It's been sitting on the same chair I've been sitting on that we got off the side of the road for the last 15 years. Yes. Uh, Tiffany has been sitting on show chairs that we use in uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah. Great show. Uh, Superman cameos episode dropped the other day. Yeah. And I decided Tiffany, legitimately, Tiffany was worth me spending the extra scratch <laughs> and buying real chairs. Thank you. Well, and I, and uh, I got to use that real chair the other day. You did. That was great. Yeah, I'm using it right chairs. now. Yeah, it's happening. Uh, Adam says, can you review King and Black final issue in haiku format? Uh, I I could, but I'm not going to. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, by the way, if you want to know what he's referring to, check out our Wolverine <laughs> back issues episode. Uh, also, what do you think of the new Black Cat run? Love the content as always. I have not read it yet, but... The writer of Black Cat uh, beseeched his audience to please read that goddamn book. Uh, it's on issue five. I think okay. it just dropped literally, uh, I think it drops this week. Um, the haiku thing, I got to tell you, um, if you haven't watched a Wolverine, Wolverine episode, do that. But like, also check out the comments. You guys are incredibly talented. Mm-hmm. There are, I, I read the haikus. I literally counted the syllables. You guys all stuck within the guidelines. It's and true. a lot of you did a great job on those. I thoroughly enjoyed your haikus. Yeah. Rab L, LeVar Burton, yeah. Damn right. <laughs> I'm so on board for that. I can't even. I, I know. I can't even. I can't think of a better person. No. No. I mean, I could probably think of somebody, but like. I'm better not... than LeVar Burton. Right? No. No. Mm-mm. That's fair. Uh, Alan Osborne, I uh, love getting off work to be able to watch this live. Also, good Elseworlds Exchange style. I love hearing from an editor. Also, Tiffany's earrings. Oh, thank you. They are. They're on point. Thank you. Those are great. I like these. And they're they're, they're good. They, yeah, you've been wearing those uh, not too, too long. Yeah, I, I, I like statement earrings when we do the shows. Mm-hmm. Like, I, Especially when I, I get the opportunity to wear them with shows with like masks and stuff like that. I don't yeah. bother. No. Because I'm like, Why? I'm trying to get the things over the earrings. Where do the earrings go? Are they in the mask? Are they... No, forget it. No, it's so, true. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm wearing them today. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to re- quickly review Amazing Spider-Man number 63. I thought from... you were done. No, yeah, you know, I, I was. So I decided to just dip my toe and I realized <laughs> the, the, the fact is I was like, if I don't like it, I'm just not even going to mention it. Um, this is written oh. by Nick Spencer with art by Frederico Vit- Vicentini. Yeah, that's close enough. Um, <laughs> this this may be one of the first times. Oh, God. I don't know which way this is going. I'm, I'm like stressed. That Tombstone has appeared in an amazing Spider-Man title. Usually, Tombstone, as far as I'm concerned, has been relegated to a Peter Parker spectacular Spider-Man title, but Tombstone finally getting some representation in the in the core Amazing Spider-Man title. Outside, of course, of big splash images or dream sequences, Lincoln March does not usually appear in Amazing Spider-Man, and they okay. don't dedicate the A-plots to Tombstone. Okay. That is over. Tombstone has appeared, and they reference him heavily. Joe Robbie Robertson plays a role. This is the kind of quintessential Spider-Man title that you would expect from a long run. You know, somebody asked uh, what uh, what people thought of David Michelinie's run over on the uh, subreddit r slash comic books uh, yesterday, and people were just kind of like, meh, or... I, I, you know, when I got into Spider-Man, I was reading his run. The reason why I bring up Michelini is because Michelini wrote, like, a bunch of issues. He he was there during the most kind of, like, bombastic art period on Spider-Man. Bagley's debut, McFarlane's debut, uh, Eric Larson's debut, all Michelini's watch. 
Uh, and so as a result, Michelinie kind of took a back seat and just told some stories. You know, right, sometimes right, right. Boomerang showed up, as he would in this series. Uh, sometimes he's fighting the Shocker. Other times the Sinister Six gets back together. Who gives a shit? <laughs> but always there was an, a beginning, middle, and end. Dude was a workhorse. He told the story, and he and he carried these characters through. This feels like that. It feels like that kind of like... It's a, it's a it's a book like Cardiac's first appearance where it's like who gives a shit, mm -hmm. uh, but someone does, and so this may in fact be someone's favorite run of Spider-Man or someone's oft forgotten but 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 you know carried a torch for run. Someone okay. might be like, man, you know it's underrated the Nick Spencer run. Then you go back and read and go, nah, it's pretty it's pretty rated, <laughs> not under, just rated. Uh, and I'm going to say, like, just a quick shout out. The issue itself, fun. It just, you know, but it doesn't quite hit that Michelinie run because here's the thing. What Michelinie did was okay. he gave you the character. Right. You know, if, if there was going to be a Flash Thompson-centric centric series, like, season or episode or, you know, issue, you, you really got, like, a little brief, like, couple of glimpses into who Flash Thompson was at that time. Okay. They really, really want Randy Robertson, Joe's son and Peter's oft roommate, mm -hmm. uh, to be a character sometimes. Some people just remember remember Randy. Some folk forget Randy. And it depends on who's writing the book. Mm -hmm. But, like, Randy matters in this particular story arc, even if he didn't matter in any of the other arcs previous and probably will never matter after Nick Spencer's off the book. But Randy's important right now. And he has a subplot where he's sleeping with the Beatle, who is, of course, oh. Tombstone's daughter. Does he know she's the Beatle? He does indeed. And okay. he's like, nah, it's cool. That's hot. It's hot. Keep the wings on, baby. That's right. Yeah. No, it totally is. And and we have a cute couple of moments that are solid writing. Like, you have uh, a great interaction between Beatle and her friends and Randy and Peter. And the friends are like, he's going to try and change you, honey. You got to cut this guy loose. And Peter being like, she's never going to stop being a villain, dude. You got to <laughs> cut her loose. And both of them being like, they're not going to try and change me. Sure. And then, and, and then, and then they immediately do. And then their musical number breaks out mm -hmm. and they, they sing in different locations, but the same song with different, you know, wording. At yes. Points. And then they, then they come together yeah. at the end, uh, not knowing they were singing a duet the whole time. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. More or less, that's what happens. Uh, <laughs> and, and also uh, we get a fun, like, kind of like, not in my house, Romeo and Juliet kind of situation between the two, the two families. Sure. Um, but, you know. Again, it, but it's Spencer, you know, so it's like, oh, man, that's a really fun idea. Oh, but you, you didn't get that or nah, you don't really care enough to try that. Uh, you know, so like like Joe Robbie Robertson and Tombstone have a history that shouldn't be played for laughs. OK. And it yeah. kind of is. So, meh. but the issue itself, the art's on point. The characters are all on display. There's some great interaction between uh, Peter and Randy and the girls. And mm -hmm. uh, Beetle, Beetle, of course, has a great fangirl moment. She meets Madame Bat, Madame Mask. Uh, it's good, fun stuff, and uh, it's just a, it's a, it's a good issue that is representative, I think, of anyone's positive recollection of this run in hindsight. Right. People are gonna be like, "Oh, you remember that fun story?" Like, not do you remember it, but more like, "Oh, now that you refer to it to me, I remember liking that." Sure. I mean, I would ask though if you were someone who was just coming into Spider Man. Mm. This isn't bad, but it's also... Oh, and I forgot to mention that Spider-Man's, of course, still wearing his streaming suit. Okay. So he's still streaming, and yeah. J. Jonah Jameson's like, you've got an AMA at seven! And he's like, do you even know what that is? He's like, no, I don't! 
Um, you have an Emma. You have an Emma. No, but he, they put the dots. Oh damn! He should, they should have spelled it like the way people write R two D two. Yeah. You the, have an Emma. An Emma. An AMA. That's how it's spelled. <laughs> My favorite, by the way, not understanding of AMA is Gal Gadot reading those mean tweets where it says, uh, "Where it's, the person wrote, I'm a be wondering." She goes, "I'm a I I M M A. I'm a be wondering." Oh no! Really? Like, that's so cute. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's, it's fine. It's one of those runs where I'm going to call it, and I've said this before on other review shows, it is a thoroughly mediocre run. Okay. Okay. And it will well, be remembered. It will be remembered. As such? No. No. <laughs> it will be remembered. That's what thoroughly mediocre oh, okay. means. Like, yes. it, people will recall it, and well, people will not have many negative things to say about well, it. Well, that's fair. I mean, again, don't forget, like, you know... You know, when you think about these things, when you look back, it's like, oh my gosh, this has been going on for X amount of years. It doesn't always feel like that. No. And if the last thing you had was something you so didn't enjoy, it's going to increase your enjoyment of this simply because of the fact that it's not that yeah. anymore. Yeah, that's true. You know, and if like you only, maybe you only read the previous run and this run. Right. So like, this is great. Yes, compared to the last so, like, one, I, certainly. I feel like it may also, you know, depend on your history with the character. Absolutely. If you're reading Spider-Man for 25 years, <laughs> you're, you're going to have... You're going to have this kind of reaction, yeah. I think. Uh, whereas, yeah, if you've been reading Spider-Man for 10 years and you're like, I've been reading Spider-Man for 10 years. That's a long-ass time. It's like... <laughs> there is a comment like in a super chat coming up. I'm super excited about okay. it. Okay. Um, well, Kendall Pearson uh, or Person says, what reign of X titles are you most excited for? Mine is the classified Leah Williams book because I've loved X-Factor so far. That's I'm down. Uh, Way of X is probably my most excited one because that's the Cyspurrier one. Uh. Super excited to see what he's going to do with it. Tini Harris also tackled tackling x corp and i like the unknown jonathan hickman one of course what the hell's that gonna be i don't know i don't know i'm also excited for the hellfire gala because fashion people yep hellfire gala i'm literally the least fashionable person ever if you guys could see the way i dressed from head to toe when i came to the studio today, i think that's i think that's a new look it's gonna be sweeping just, the nation it's not and you're never gonna see it but like that's not my thing but like when other people do it i'm like wow wow you are it looks like you just fell into a pile of laundry and then emerged with clothes on and yet somehow it works yeah if i do that i'm like ta-da yeah you look like a homeless person i do you don't look like a homeless person but one could (laughs) yeah i can't wait for hellfire gala to be the 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 ten of swords of tiffany events i'm uh, well i i think people are like i hate this and you're like this is amazing and you're sleeping on it I'm, 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 it's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be ridiculous. I'm so, I'm so down. Uh, Girk Pectus. Hey, I'm so glad to have this show. This I'm it. not feeling well after my second vaccine. Oh. Whoever directed the Cats movie is the master of horror. I'm so sorry. You. Yeah, but that's, you know what? Good for you though. You that's did That's something that like when everybody like vaccinated in our group, yeah. that's something we actually want to watch together. Yeah. Because if you're going to watch Cats, you you're not going to watch it alone. No, but like. I'm so morbidly curious. Yeah, but I want to see the butthole cut. I don't want to see the one where they cleaned it all up. I want to see the one that's like a disaster. The one that they like thought was okay to put out. It's the one where they, 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 the, the CG animators put buttholes on all the cats. I know that, but it was the stuff that followed it. You, you, you don't want to see the cleaned up cut. You want the disaster cut of the buttholes. Like, That's right. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> stop yourself right now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, but uh, but good for you. And yes, I'm on my first and, vaccine. And honestly, I hope you feel better real soon. Mm-hmm. It's all worth it. Totally. He also says, speaking of horror, what's the scariest story you know of? For me, it's Twilight Zone short story, The Jaunt by Stephen King. It haunts me for over a decade. It's the scariest story I know. I can't tell you what my scariest story will be, but I will tell you what's, what movie scared me the longest until I watched it again and realized it was a joke. 
What? John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness scared <laughs> the hell out of me. I, I actually have to watch that because I you fell asleep about like fifteen asleep. minutes into the movie. Yeah, and woke up. 15 minutes after the movie was over. There was, I never finished it, probably because it like disturbed me, but I think, I bet if I went back and read it now, it probably wouldn't bother me. There was like a like creepypasta yeah. story years ago, years and years ago. And I honestly don't remember what it's called. It may just be called The Woman with the Orange, but there was like this woman with an orange. Mm. And like, there was something about the way in which she was described in the story and like the seeming, a thing in horror that always gets me is when a like, a malefic malevolent malevolent thank you maleficent no a malevolent <laughs> um like spirit or power has seemingly no reason for the things it's doing right because you can't solve that no and yeah. that's what this was yeah and then like that will get to me sometimes and there's just something about that and like how out of control it was these two people who like came together and realized they had the same problem and they couldn't figure out why mm. it was haunting them but it was something that would be with them forever you know what's funny? And uh, I was like, that that plays to uh, Scott Snyder was on Elseworlds Exchange just last week, and you yeah. should check out that episode because I know most of you didn't watch it. Where uh, he talks about how he loves the villain, where you know it's like sympathetic and you understand their motivations, but there's something to be said for like the villain who is just evil, and they just they just do because yeah. that's who they are and that's what they do. Because he's like, there is that in yeah. the world, and that's scary, and like. And it's fun to write. And yeah. I think that's the kind of existential horror that you like, and it's why you like Ito so much. I do. And I mean, like, there's, like, something about Ito and his images as well, but, like, that's that same sort of thing, like, with the, like, Amigara Fault yeah. one, where it's, like... The unreasonable There's horror. something unreasonable, and there's nothing you can do about it because you don't know why it's happening. It's like, unknowable. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, I, I, nothing against, like, a, like a Nightmare on Elm Street, because, like, that's its own level of horror and stuff like that. But, like, there's a, like, pre presumably there's a reason behind it. Yeah, you know what he's I mean? a jerk. <laughs> or even with, like, you know, the ring, kind of, until that got off the rails. Um, But, like, there is something about that horror where it's, like, why is this happening? Mm -hmm. I think that's why Marvel Hornets appealed to me so much. Yeah. Because it was just, like. That was so good. That like, was, initially. That was. Initially, when it first started, and then yeah. also that went off the rails. But, like, the initial thing was just, like, I looked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you looked. You Your curiosity got the better of you. And, like, there, I don't know why it's doing this mm -hmm. now. And I'm like, that's, like, horrifying. So like, the un, like, the unknown and something out of your control. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, B Black, what's <laughs> your uh, most endearing experience in a comic book store that symbolizes what comic shops mean to you? Um, I have a lot of lovely experiences with comic book stores. Uh, you know, the most recent one, of course, was the one where you got bagged and boarded for no reason with no conversation. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was really nice. I think, and all right, I, all right, I, please don't take this as a humble brag. This is a thousand percent not a humble brag, but like, there was a moment for us in a comic book store that actually had to do with meeting a celebrity mm. and like our involvement in it. It's less about our involvement, but more the sense of community that followed from it. Yeah. Essentially, we were at um, a store to meet what's his name from Aquaman. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, the Ocean Master. The Ocean Master. <laughs> or Owlman. Um. Or Owlman or the dude or the or Mr. Smith from uh, from from a team. Yeah. Any of those. Um. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. That was a great experience. Yeah. 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 So like. It's and again, Patrick I, Wilson. Patrick Wilson. I'm not here to humble brag for our, our role in it, but it was literally just this moment of community and like the anticipation and excitement of oh, yeah. like these two like characters in the story. Yeah. Where like we're online to meet him, and like it's a line outside, and like we're going up, and the entire time we're there, there are these two young kids boys. in front of us, mm -hmm. these boys, right? And like they could like, be like they're less than ten. Yeah, they're they're around the age of ten, but not. Not into the nowhere teens, over it, yeah. Right, 
And so like they're there and they are like crazy excited it's about gotta be it. It's like eight like, and ten because the other kid was younger. Yeah, he was younger, it was his younger brother. And mm-hmm. like the older one was super excited he was gonna meet him and like he couldn't wait and like he's like he's just so excited. He had like something yeah. he wanted they to sign. They were in front of us and they were just so jazzed. They talked about how jazzed they were for the three hours. They, we were they talked there. the entire time about that. Like we talked a little about comics with them for a second because they heard us talking about comics with someone else mm-hmm. and so they jumped in for a minute. Their dad showed up and was like, All right, you guys good? You get you guys good champs, I'm gonna get ahead of here because yeah, like, I'm not doing this well, all day. He was like he was doing things in town. So he was nearby, but he checked in on them, right? Yeah, yeah. And so then we finally get into the store. And it turns out the people running the event had this thing where it was like, sure, you could get something signed, but you had to buy something at the store yeah. to get it signed or whatever. You had to buy, I, like, the merch to get signed or something like yeah. that. You could just bring your own thing. Right, right, right. And, like... We didn't know that, but, like, we just assumed they'd have stuff. So well, we were, we're gonna, adults, so we just had money. We were just like, like whatever. And these two kids got up to the front of the line and they were like okay we got our thing and they're like what are you gonna buy and they're like well no we're just we just want to get this signed and they yeah. literally were gonna turn them away yeah they were like oh sorry and it was just one of those moments where i'm like i we literally i literally thought they were just messing with these kids yeah for but like, like i mean you have to buy something sorry yeah they did turn them away but like we got up there and i was like yo just whatever they want like, we just, tried to lock eyes with them and go like just just yeah but we'll they, pay they didn't it. get it so we got up there and we we paid for them and so they were able to go up there and like they were so thankful and so excited. They yeah. got up there, they got their thing signed, we got our thing signed, we got our photo, and we left, right? Yeah. And as we as we were leaving, literally this like dude rolls up and he's like, Hey, hey, did you talk to my kids? Like <laughs> And we're like, Oh, oh no. no, and he was like, We're like, Yeah, it's not a big deal. And he was just like, Thank you so much for doing that. Because like they had waited there all day right. to to do this and like he like we're like it's really not a big deal it was like it was not a big deal we bought like it was a comic they just wanted to grab yeah, the it was like one or like a it was, photo or something yeah. I, it, it wasn't a 50 dollar thing it wasn't a 20 dollar thing it wasn't a big it was like deal. a five dollar thing but like his, their dad was so thankful and they, he ended up paying us back for it and yeah like it, he, venmoed he venmoed me it was just hilarious him trying to use venmo but like the excitement of those kids and yeah. like the entire time like from the get-go and then like that disappointment but like yeah. that excitement in a comic book store to see young kids that's what got me excited yeah. like literally how excited those kids were to be doing this yeah. and like the younger brother was there and supporting he was his... just so thrilled to be with his brother he was so excited and it was just like literally like i was like this is like i'll wait in this line forever i don't yeah, care these kids these, are just so cute to these watch these kids are amazing right um but like so that for that me was a great that's what i think of when i think about comic book stores yeah. is like excitement yes and like discovery and yeah. like the younger brother asking the older brother questions about like Aquaman or like whatever yeah. like literally like I loved that so much yeah. so that's what I think about yeah is like learning excitement and joy that's a yeah that's a great one <laughs> <laughs> learning excitement and joy uh <laughs> critic clips hey sound tiff top three comic books of all time I don't know oh man. my gosh uh, like dark day returns and stuff you I know. think it depends on There's the day you ask me it's true like I, you know, I can't recommend it highly enough. The books came out this year, you know, Dead Earth, uh, Daredevil's great. You know, read those. You swearing on Life Story. Life Story. Uh, yeah. Uh, Justin got the mustache. Haiku writing's hard, but it's not impossible. Megami River. <laughs> Nicely done, sir. Uh, Ruben Gonzalez, I love comic book store hunting. You always find gems. You guys are literally yes. the best. <laughs> love your content. Shout out to my local comic book store, Bedrock City Comics. Nice. I'm sure they appreciate it. That's awesome. So what'd you read? Uh, I'll read another one while you read. Jam Call X. Honestly, Eminem's Venom was playing in my mind during the end of King and Black, and it won't stop. Hope Flash returns to being a space knight. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. I mean, like, I hope just just do something with Flash. 
maybe bring back Remender and let him write Flash. Sure. Uh, Philip Kelton, uh, Slenderman was scary when it started. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. And it, like I said, it just kind of went awry. But like when it first started, uh, yeah. Yeah, that good was, stuff. Mwah. That's what the internet's all about. Right. And Christian Gattaca, <laughs> uh, feeling on Hickman leaving X-Men, he's doing Uncanny, maybe? Maybe. I mean, I, we all knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. Like, there was never a thought in my mind that this was going to be like a 10-year stint for him. Well, I like, just figured he was going to write it until he was done. Yeah. And like, that's... Uh, it's hard to do that with writers sometimes because it's like you you want more from them, but yeah. like if they feel like it's the time to go, then it's the time to go. Right. Well, I don't sure. think he's leaving the the series. Right? No, but like if he's done telling that part of the story, yeah, and like he wants to go tell another part or whatever, like that for me is like, I'm, yeah, I have no problem with that. That's fair. Because I think I think D- Ewing or Duggan is taking over. Oh. Well, if it's Ewing, that'd be amazing. Okay. If it's Duggan, I'll be like, oh, hang on, no, don't install whatever the hell that was. It says like a July twenty twenty one X Men number one Jerry Duggan or oh. Pepe Larraz. Well, Pepe Larraz is great, and and Jonathan Hickman working with Redacted. Okay. Um, I read Marauders this week just because I've I've been trying to keep up with the X books, especially as we're kind of rolling into this new transition, just mm-hmm. to make. And sure. it was a light week, so it's like why not? It check was this book so out. it made it easier. And I picked this up last week. Remember they had those um, those uh like post humans that were created in Madripoor, the Reavers that were like all victims of. Like they weren't good. It's not like they were victims. They were, they are, but like they were bad people who had attacked the X Men or mm. like various teams and been injured, and then they had like you know, oh yeah, cybernetic enhancements put into them or what have you. Yes, so I do remember. They're that. just like, oh, it's all your fault. It's like, I mean, sure. I, I mean, like, yes, technically, yes. Did Wolverine cut your arm off? Sure. Yeah, but, but were like, you asking? Why were for you it? there? Yeah. Um. So anyway, we just deal with that. The fact that, like, Madripoor is, like, currently under attack by these Reavers as, like, um, they, they just... It's, it's a it's a, it's a a property scheme. You no. know what I mean? At the it's end a Lex Luthor plot. It's a Lex Luthor plot. Uh, the Verendi, like, want to get a hold of Lowtown and Madripoor so they can build huge, like, towering, like, buildings that they can rent out and make money. Oh, okay. Um, but in order to do that, they need to get a hold of Lowtown, and so what they do is they send their Reavers in in order to, like, kill and scare everyone out of there, because as we know, like, the mutants had been working towards purchasing things up in Madripoor. Um, so, essentially, they, the, the Krakoans cannot enter Madripoor right now, because it would go against, like, UN sanctions or what have you, and they'd be kicked out, and... They know this, so they're just like, "Ha What are they gonna do about that? Right. What are they gonna do about it? Well, they're they're gonna use the Morlocks. Oh. Which, by the way, reading this issue, I was like, I want that book. <laughs> the Morlocks. The Morlocks during this era. Doing like doing. I think the, they came up doing once. Doing the jobs that you can't just send the, the standard teams or, in. Yeah. And like, so the Morlocks. That that's what they do. They they grow because the Morlocks like, they act like they they don't live there. Again, I haven't been keeping up too much with the with them. Um. But um, the Morlocks end up growing a gate from where they are to the sewers of Madripoor. That's awesome. So, like, like Mask is one of them. So he comes through. He's been a doctor working in one of the hospitals there. Mm-hmm. That's how Callisto gets him to go. Right. She's like, they're attacking Lowtown. You know they're going to target that hospital. And they truly do believe that. Yeah. Um, and so he goes and he's like, great. No, cool. Send us right back to the sewers where we came from. Right? Hilarious. Yeah, well, you have the most you experience You guys are hilarious. <laughs> What do you want from me? <laughs> Look, where are we going to put this gate? Right. This is where we're putting the gate, okay? We're putting the gate down here. Kitty's the one that, or sorry, Kate's the one that does it because, you know, she's like, I'll do it. It's fine. Like, it sucks, but yep. I'll do it. She can go through gates now. 
Yeah, she was well, re- no, she just took, she planted the gate. And yeah, then she, like, but I thought swims. she could go through them then. Sure, but, like, that wasn't the point. The point was that, like, she, someone needed to get the gate into Madripoor. So right. she swam through so the she, sewers. Yeah. She's like, I have all the infections down. Yes. I have all the infections. Well, you'll just have to resurrect yourself. Right? Um, so, essentially, the, they go up there. And, like, you know, Mask is there. And um, uh, what's her name's there? Marrow. Oh, good good use of Marrow. Yeah, so, like, they just have at it. And it's funny because the news reports it as, like, it's a bunch of sewer monsters showed up. <laughs> Like monsters are attacking Madripoor. Ah. Right. Okay. So they're like they're successful in what they like what set out to do. They threaten to kill a whole bunch of them. They're like, wait, wait, is it cool if we kill these guys? Because like they're technically post human, so is it fine? Right, like, right. Is it, am I breaking the law? Not doing that they that? care. They're like, we're not. We don't go to Krakoa. No, I'm not going there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. They're gonna put me in like a hole anyway. Then like, yeah. So, um, they mask us. Find out though that the um the Reavers uh were told not to attack the hospital he's like <sighs> okay cool, i didn't have to do any of this that was uh-huh. all he wanted to save the hospital so right like, okay um while this is all going on bishop immediately i read his name i heard it in my head mm-hmm. goes on his own mission to go talk to uh one of the verendi and to tell them to stop making them okay and he's just like well i'm not gonna do that i mean like you guys basically are farming this out for me like you're giving me the parts to work with and i'm just gonna keep doing it and the fact is it's like i have cameras that now have you here and i can just show it to the un and then you're gonna be in a lot of trouble and bishop's like i disabled all of those cameras 15 minutes ago right. when i arrived <laughs> good and he's like oh and then he clicks a button and he's like you know, when I was setting the explosives. I don't really remember what I set the delay to, so I'd hustle if I were you. <laughs> I'm like, that Bishop just gets to be like a baller and it's that's awesome. That's great. Yay. Um, and that's kind Bishop. of it. Like, essentially, like, Lowtown, like, celebrates and they have, like, a bar there and, like, the mutants own it and, like, the Morlocks are, like, asking this girl whose dad had died there um, if, like, she knows how to run a bar. Like, essentially, they're going to hire her, her yeah. in because it's like, like, we don't know how to do that. And, like, mask is like well i guess we'll just hang out here until you guys push us out mm. until you're done with us yeah um and they're like i don't think we're, we'll ever be done with you guys we're actually gonna we've changed the name to like muty town yeah uh, i was like i guess that's that's nice. kind of insulting not, but okay. i don't i don't know but like the whole reason that they ended up like honestly helping them was because like Callisto was like these are the types of people that we would have helped even like we would have let these people into our home even back then i know yeah. they're not mutants but like these are our people right the forgotten Aww. and i was like oh that's awesome so i was like this is fun but like the very idea of having this like team that's not quite like the hellions because the fact is like the hellions are a problem but like mostly because of their actions not because it's like they feel like they can't be members of society because yeah. of the way that they look or whatever mm-hmm. but like these guys being a team being like this is really super wrong of us but we can't send the regular mutants in so we're gonna have to ask you to go yeah is like interesting and you could have like a lot of like discussion and depth to that type of book so i was like ah but this is fun this is a lot of fun okay and there's like a really fun at the end of this uh little like article Mm -hmm. from the daily bugle the fashion section uh emma newcomer writes it okay (laughs) essentially it's it's hyping up to the hellfire gala gotcha and so like there's like a little puff piece about that it's written literally like you'd read on like uh, a news website that's fun so it was it was good i was like all right cool yeah nice dig it uh rory groth says do you guys have any stories that are objectively bad but you still can't help your loving like 90 superman uh danny catch right like i know that there's like not a lot great there there are some really solid moments to those books but like there are some of the writing and the way in which the story flows that isn't great mm. and like some of that like catch ghost rider run yeah yeah but i yeah. still like 
enjoy reading it yeah i don't know mm. i don't know i'm sure there's plenty of those for <laughs> me um you know older batman stories that are kind of like this is just kind of dumb but yeah. i still enjoyed it <laughs> like i just read a three-parter that i'm like this is a back issues no <laughs> no it is not yeah the many the many deaths of batman i think not uh, but you know and it's not bad it's just kind of like who cares yeah but yeah there's plenty of those i mean i'm sure people would definitely point them out more than me uh just some guy with a mustache haiku writing's hard he said that already uh let's see ah here we go um Shelby White. Hey, Sal and Tiffany, can't stay, but I wanted to toss some shekels your way as a thank you for all the hours of entertainment and for giving my wife and I a fun joke for our newborn Swamp Thing voice, Abby. <laughs> Abby. I love that. Yeah. Every episode. Abby. If you watch watch uh, whatever DC Universe is as Swamp Thing. Yeah, whatever that's on. Every episode, no. he will he will say, Abby. 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 And it's just wait for him to be alone uh, or to, for him to just be by himself and not say anything. It's freaking so funny. It's amazing. Abby. Uh, Philip Kelton. <laughs> uh, Slenderman was scary when it started. I think he said, I think we read that one already. Uh, Maybe, but yes. Uh, Christian Gek. Yeah, we did that one. Uh, I think we just missed that one earlier. I think I did. Yeah, sorry, gang. Uh, Girk Pectus. Are there any type of media you can't stomach? Not because of quality. I can't watch or read anything where real animals got killed, like Tiger King or Roar. Yep. That that one's actually one for me. Yeah, that's like, t- that's the yeah, it's no good. Like I know there's like a documentary out, out there about like um I I, I hesitate hesitate to call him a serial killer, mm-hmm. but that like the internet caught because of his abuse towards animals, and it's like at the end of the day, I know justice is served yeah. in my head, but like I don't. No, I'm not gonna watch that. Like that, it's not just the violence towards the animals; it's like literally the mindset of the person doing it that I I I, I have a hard time stomaching and understanding yeah. that individual. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, there's plenty but of like that. I do realize that like part of that's also like I'm not educating myself. Mm-hmm. Also, not like in what they're doing, but in the ways in which they were caught and like yeah, you know what but, you can do to like help. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, ben Wilson, uh, trade recommendations based on your description of Amazing Spider-Man, Tombstone by Conway and Buscema. It's fantastic and even has some Hobgoblin demon stuff for those who are curious from pre- previous back issues. Yeah, Hobgoblin. No. Okay. <laughs> and uh will i am golden helping us out with an adorable uh sheba holding a trophy yeah he's so cute he's great he's so cute thank you golden for your help man and for your adorable for your adorable cartoon dog um what else you got um i, I we also just stick with x-men i yeah. also read uh excalibur this Naturally. week uh, because that came out and you know i like that story yes quite a bit um this one kind of I really liked this story mm. quite a bit, although, and it it does follow what's been going on with the Excalibur plot, but like has less to do with the team as a whole, uh-huh. and more just like a cool story. Okay, it does obviously lead in from everything that we had before, but literally, if you picked this up, you, you could, could just... follow along very yeah. much so. That's with great. It. it focuses on um, Malice, mm-hmm. uh, which we were who we were reintroduced to. Um, in the, the last, last issue, issue. Yeah. Uh, she is a, a mutant whose ability to like essentially she's like a being of pure energy and can like transfer herself into someone thus suppressing their own personality and mind and taking control of the body she's yeah. done so in the past to many ex characters and recently had been in the body of betsy braddock right. so uh essentially this is talking a lot about her and like educates her a little bit or us to to her story and like it's sad it's just a sad story about her growing up and like just being an unhappy teen not for any particular reason 
just that's what she was. Yeah. Um, we meet her mom and like Alice is just she's struggling. She mm-hmm. struggles just like with who she is. She struggles to find happiness, that kind of thing. And yeah. like, you know, her and her mom have like a run in. She goes upstairs and she essentially is like, I wish I were dead. No. And, like, you know, she, like, her mom's like, you don't mean that. Like, but, like, she's slammed the door. Her mom brings up, like, some snacks later on and, like, finds her body on the ground and, mm-hmm. like, assumes that. She's killer. But, like, she clearly, like, her mutant power, she's around 16, had just developed. And so she's standing next to her mom as, like, this being of en- like energy. And she's like, can't you see me? I'm, I'm right here. Oh. And she's like, maybe this is just what I should be then. And she just goes away. Oh. And I was like, that's so, so sad. Yeah. And so essentially, the like I said essentially like six times. So this book is about um, Betsy and uh, Quanin trying to help her. Okay. Uh, Betsy's also doing some house cleaning. She goes before uh, some of the quiet council and is like, "Hey, I'm back." Yeah. They're like, "Cool. We need to do a couple things. You need to touch base with like, uh, you know, Pete Wisdom and all of them because they're having a hard time. You got to deal oh, with former members of Excalibur. You mean, yeah? Yeah. Well, because don't forget, everyone was like, "There's no Captain Britain," so like. They were, um, you know, things were being spun in a negative over there because they thought they're like, oh, Captain Britain's just vacationing on right. coach, she's not doing her job. Right. So that was becoming anti-mutant over in England. Gotcha. So that was that was a bad scene. So mm-hmm. she's got to go deal with that. She's gonna have to go talk to Saturnine about being back because like, uh, yeah. she won't have any sort of conversations with them. And since if you die in other world, you come back different. Yeah. They need to address this, or they have to close the gates because yeah. they can't risk it. Mm-hmm. So she needs to go and 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 chat there, but um. You know, she's like, don't worry. Saturnine knows I'm back. I have a feeling she can tell I'm, mm-hmm. I'm here. And you see, like, an, one image of Saturnine just staring angrily at that floor yeah. of, like, Betsy. Of, the, of Betsy's, yeah. Yeah, she's like, mm. That's fun. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. You're not going that's to right. Hellfire Gala. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, she is. <laughs> There's no way she isn't. Um, afterwards, Emma is like, you know, you, you had some very loud thoughts about something you were very, remained very quiet about, talking specifically about Malice and how, like, Emma's like, we need to deal with this. And it turns out that, like, they were laying a trap because they felt like Malice would maybe try to attack Emma. And so mm-hmm. she does. Quanin jumps out and sticks one of her, like, like psychic knives into her throat, into Emma's throat to, like, pin Malice in because yeah. she's the choker that, like, Malice will often, like, oh, always puts on her victims. Yes. So Malice ends up going into the dagger and they're trying to figure out what to do with it because the fact is it's, like, um, Professor X comes back and he's like, um oh um what are you doing here this is like this she attacked one of our own that you're not allowed to do that now she's gonna have to face yeah you gotta go in the crawl in the crawl space in the hole yeah um and they're like we think she can be helped and we'd like to try Mm -hmm. he's like well all right we could like have them build a husk for her (sighs) (laughs) still hasn't shown up yet (laughs) but um she'll still have to face justice yeah so we get like a fun little girl scene while they try to figure out what they're going to wear to the gala, or mm-hmm. at least what Betsy might. They're like, just go to Jumbo. He's the one making all the stuff mm. for everybody. Um, she has a whole pile of dresses that like all like Rogue and Jubilee are like, oh, these don't fit me and stuff like that. I'm like, you're all supermodels. Yeah. <laughs> you're all supermodels. All right, let's pretend. Let's, right. Let's pretend like I'm not leggy enough for this. I'm like, Rogue. Yeah. Rogue's not leggy enough for this. Please. Okay. Yeah. All right. They well, all are. Let's all pretend. Let's all live in a fantasy world where that's but the point of them talking about this is not to be like, oh, look at them being girls. It's Quanin shows up to talk about whatever. And they're like, she's like, what are you doing? And Betsy's like, the reason these dresses don't fit me is because they weren't made for my body. Mm-hmm. Right. They're made for yours. So you so, can have them. There you go. And Quanin's like, but they're not my taste. And she's like, no, they're not. Right. 
So they burn them oh. because it's the symbol of a bygone era of like a time when it was Betsy's personality and, and Quanon's body. That's and cool. so they get rid of all of them. Okay. And then they go in to the, the dagger to talk to Malice and they have like this really nice moment kind of. <laughs> and then uh, they essentially pull her out and kill her so mm. that she can be resurrected. Oh, cool. And so they bring her back. Yay. And that's she's nice. angry and upset. And like Charles is ready to like hammer down that justice. And uh, Emma and and Psylocke, Quanon, and Betsy show up and they're like, we're not pressed. Nope. There's no, no. There was no harm, no foul. Right. So Charles is like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. But like the end is her just like, she's still upset, but like she's like wrapped in like some sort of blanket thing and she's standing like on a cliff looking at Krakoa as the sun rises. And I was like, this is just sweet. Yeah. This is a sweet story that like really doesn't give you an idea of what, what Excalibur is about. But I was like, oh, what a fun little piece about like a character that a lot of people probably forgot about. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Just, just cute. How nice. And, like, kind of really just, like, solidifies that, like, Quanin and Betsy seemingly are cool. Right. Like, in the way that they can be and they're moving forward. Yes. And, like, they had obviously already established that in the last issue, but this is, like, a symbolic burning of things. Yeah. Which is we're very... changing. Yeah. We're moving on. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, FF Jamie 94 just read Life Story. It was too beautiful. 10 out of 10. No argument here. Yeah. Uh, Elliot Troy, I've been recently been reading through Gerber Man-Thing collection, and I'm so here for Curse of the Man-Thing. Excited for the next two issues. Yeah, it's actually, sometimes our, like, if we buy physical copies of things like these, they end up here, mm-hmm. and then I don't get a chance to read them. Yeah. So that's here, it's on my desk. Yep, there's also that Avengers and Man-Thing book that, uh, you didn't get a chance to read. Oh, no, that is the one I'm thinking of. Oh, oh yeah. Have, I think Curse is also on my... Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Therio, God of Rage, thank you very much for your support, thank, man. Thank you. It pains me that there's no current Doctor Strange book, but there, but are either of you, mostly Tiffany, aware <laughs> of or enjoying his cameos in Kate's Thor or Doug and Savage Avengers? I am, um, and we've talked about this before, too. Thank you, by the way, so much for that very yeah. uh, kind super chat. Um, Rage on. But for Doctor Strange, yeah, I miss him being in a book, but I think the problem ended up being, it seemed like Marvel just wanted to keep the ongoing going, or the idea of having one, and they didn't really it didn't feel like any writer had stepped up who was like i have a solid plan and this is what i would like to do as much yeah. as it was like this could be fun strange is a character that his responsibilities roles and like use of magic just in general requires someone to really have a plan mm-hmm. when they come into it i feel like unless you're just doing what they did back in, in like you know the 90s which was fine yeah you know it was like little things here and there but they don't seem to want to do so many of the little things no. anymore and they, they keep... want to do each each run has the biggest most important thing to ever happen dr strange yeah. but each one is a direct like contrast to the last thing so it doesn't all flow and so as a result it just feels like different takes on the character right and i have no doubt that eventually we'll get another one as the next movie comes out but i would love to see them do more minis yeah because like I feel like that puts a writer at ease knowing that he doesn't have to like, he can just tell his story and then not, or their story and not have to worry about yeah. what comes next because it's like, here's the story. Right. I don't have to have a status quo change. I don't have to figure out what my next arc's going to be. Yeah. It's just, here is my story. This is the story I want to tell. And they could be in continuity. You know, you had those uh, really fun graphic novels like uh, No More Humans mm-hmm. or... Uh, Rage of Ultron, mm-hmm. which are technically in continuity, but still can be their own thing. And you have an opportunity to have like a really fun artist who normally wouldn't have time for a monthly to jump on that. You could have something like Triumph and Torment or mm-hmm. The Oath and have it be something really like unique and special and not yeah. just not just have these dis- disposable, indispensable stories. Like 
they keep referring to Damnation. I know. And it's like, why? But no one liked it. I know. Well, I think some folk did. There's Not enough. There's people out there that did enjoy that. I didn't, but I I think some folk had just jumped into that and maybe for that that was super exciting. But if you'd been reading everything else, for, for me, it just was very... It didn't Lacking. make any under, any sense as to what I had just read and the character development yeah. that we had seen. Well, because they were just doing something else. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, Philip Kelton, I still think Mutant Resurrection is just cloning. It It, it is sort of like that, but yeah. it's like it's like cloning that makes a little more sense to the fact that they have their memories. Right, exactly. Because you have a magical character in Xavier and or any other psychic who can... Dump their personality and memories into their body. Yeah, yeah. So it, like, it makes Ethan happy. <laughs> Yeah, or maybe it doesn't. I don't know. We haven't really talked about it. But uh, I will also just a quick recommendation. Noctera number two came out last week. I read it. It was fun. Uh, it's continuing. Uh, it's going to be like an ongoing. So, you know, this is just another chapter in the saga. Mm. You know, it's not like hey, there's only 10. Look who's drawing that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Tony, Tony Daniel. Yeah. Good stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Just recommending that. Cool. Um. What else did you read? Uh, I also, I didn't get a chance to read Man Bat, but I was a, as oh, a no. reminder, Man Bat did come out this past week if you were reading that. Uh, it's very much Man Bat, like, it's a mini. I think it's five issues? It's a weird number. I remember it's a funny numbered series. Is it? Yeah. I thought it was five, but um, it is five. There you go. It's five. Yeah, usually it's like six or so, but. um, it Yeah. So I read uh, Swamp Thing oh, cool. this week. Um. And this is also a mini. It's 10. Yes. Honestly. Which is another weird number. This book to me feels like it could have been a black label, but it's like they didn't want to do that. That's weird. And Why the, wouldn't they want to do that? The only reason I say that is, um, A, because clearly the art in this reminds me very much of Vertigo. You have a character who did a lot in, mm -hmm. in the guise of the Vertigo publishing line. Um and so, so, having gotten rid of Vertigo, we ended up seeing a lot of titles that might have been a Vertigo title go to the Black Label. Yeah. And so, like, I felt like this might have gone there. Um, it's not like anything in this is so, like, over the top or horrifying that, like, they it should... It would warrant the, the right. unrating. It could have, obviously, freed up a little more for a little, a little bit more in terms of, um, you know, body horror. Yeah. But uh, it just it just strikes me as, like they could have done this probably as like a three issue mm. considering the fact that it's 10 issues of a regular size comic. Oh yeah. Good point. Um, this is written by Rambi with art by Mike Perkins. And I gotta tell you, I love the way this book looks. I like this book just in general. I think it's super cool. We're meeting a, a new swamp thing here and we're going on his journey as he's discovering what he has become. <laughs> There's a mystery to unravel in terms of how it came about. Um, and in terms of what is what this all means for him. Okay. Um, because he hasn't quite recognized it. This is the first He's not time. like, I'm Swamp Thing. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. It seems it happens in his dreams. Like when oh, he sleeps, okay. he wakes up elsewhere. Yeah. And he is it. Uh so I'm very interested to see how what this actually means and, right. and what this means for this this iteration in this character. Um the art though is just great it oh, fits the story tone so so well uh perkins has like a super cool like painterly way to him mm -hmm. in which it's like you have these beautiful beautiful inks and this beautiful beautiful like painting style in it depicting these like moments of horror like you know rotting flesh and you know gnarled vines and like <laughs> jaws being ripped off or what have you sure. it's just incredible yeah um, you have like some like really like standout like 
quiet moments where there's like a sheriff in here and he has like this moment of interest introspective introspection um where like he's illuminated by like fire behind him and like it's just a gorgeous gorgeous um like single panel very small not meant to be the focus of it but i love it yeah um and there's even just this like phenomenal finale to like a character like who was like seemingly a villain up to this point i knew he was going to be like a permanent sure like this pale rider but Mm -hmm. like we get his ending here and the image of what becomes of him is just beautiful that's awesome i it it breaks the his own line work in a way to make this image happen nice and i just i absolutely adore it um i I don't want to take away from the story itself because the story is really well written and like i am legitimately interested in it but like it's so rare to come across books for me where the art and the writing just are perfect together and that's just kind of what this feels like it makes me think of a modern take on some old vertigo storytelling here nice so again even if this isn't the swamp thing that maybe you're used to seeing no listen here's the thing at the end of this book the names holland and sunderland come up okay so it's close enough whether or not we get anything more than just seeing their names like i say they give this a shot because it just has a really good vibe to it that's nice cool good yeah it does strike me as being then the fact that it's like its own thing mm-hmm. makes me think like they definitely pitched it as a as a as a thing it's the 10 issues and the fact that it's swamp thing and maybe they thought that they would get more sales by putting it out just under the straight up dc label yeah and moving on from there yeah because i don't it's not part of the um ongoing stuff like you know the new label that they've been running under yes it's not that. oh infinite frontier yeah it's just dc yeah Mm, that's so weird. I do wonder if, like, maybe they try to pitch this for Black Label. Yeah. I would have loved that because then we would have gotten probably hardcover. And it would have been bigger. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe. Because they all Oh, that's aren't. right. Not all. Of them. Yeah, there's two of them that aren't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jmail 1984, I focus a portion of the totality of my funds to you. <laughs> nice. Thank you. I didn't realize Jmail was, Cy- was Psylocke, but we do appreciate your support, man. Thank you very much. That was so good. I'm sorry. <laughs> that really, yeah, that really great. hit right in, in the right place. Yeah, that's right. The focused totality of my psychic energy into a psi blade. So it's just a psi per chat. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I guess we can talk about King in Black. You want to talk about King in Black? Yeah, we could do that. Uh, King in Black number five came out. Uh, it, it happened. It happened. It's a, And I was surprised to find that it, that was it. I heard that when we were in the comic book store, someone mentioned that this was it. I was like, like, wait, oh, what? It's okay. over. Yeah. I mean, like the fact is like, this was a series that seemingly like it had a story to tell and they managed to get a whole lot of tie-ins in there. And I'm sure some tie-ins are more important than others. Ghost Riders not being one of nope. them. Oh, no, um, I think just Venom. Yeah. That, it's literally well, just King in Black and make sure to read Venom. But that's fair because the, I don't that's count the that as title. a That's not a tie-in. No, then. that's the book that's it came from. That's the book from. that this event has spun out of. So, like, I don't count that as a tie-in mm-hmm. um, yeah. at all. But it's uh, written by Donnie Cates, art by Ryan Stegman. Uh, this is also dovetailing into the final issue of Donnie Cates' run on Venom. So it's kind of his final word. Yeah. Uh, there will be another event coming out of this called uh, Extreme Carnage. But it's not... Uh, you know, this Does is he kind rule? Of, I, I think we all know the Carnage rules. Uh, <laughs> but can we just talk really briefly about this cover? Yeah, we can talk about the cover because uh, what do you think? I really dug it. Uh, it it like gives me like like Arthurian lore vibes. Yeah, it, but with like Venom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But it's Venom, though. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I mean, from the necrosword to the, like, leafy water funeral. Being, like, floating in water, yeah. Yeah. Very much so. It's a good cover. It's it's the kind of cover that I imagine they fought to get. Because it's like, this is a massive event that involves, like, dragons and symbiotes and, you know, eldritch gods that punch Thor. Yeah. And and this is kind of like a quiet... It's like that cover that uh, was from uh, Endgame, uh, Batman Endgame, where it's Batman fighting Joker and it's that, like... It's that weird, like, Arthurian image of, <gasps> yeah, of the with knight the fighting the dragon. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, B- Batman, or DC just went like, we trust you, Scott, and do sure whatever. sounds good. I love Have that Have Greg do whatever. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, this is one of those things where uh, yes. I-, I imagine Kate's was just like, I really want to do this kind of, like, God country cover. <laughs> 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 not, you know, not for nothing, but, like, that's exactly what I'm thinking of, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, there's a good reason for that. But, yeah, so, uh, I mean, you know... Uh, the last issue, Silver Surfer showed up. He brought the the piece that he was carrying the whole time, expunged it. He's not the Silver Surfer Black anymore. Nope. Turns the surfboard into a sword, and he's like, I'm going to fight you, but it's not really me. Yeah, like, I'm, just gonna, I, I'm just stalling. I'm just, I'm just paying off the end of Silver Surfer Black, which is in itself a beautiful book that doesn't need any connection to this whatsoever. Right. Uh, of course, Eddie Brock was visited by the Unipower from uh, Captain Universe, which, as it turns out, is a symbiote that is the god of light, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, fun recon, I guess. Doesn't matter to me. And uh, so, you know, uh, Venom is brought back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Eddie is now wearing the Captain Universe suit that looks just like Venom. And he's going to fight Null. And he does. And uh, before doing so, of course, he uh, draws upon the powers of uh, Mjolnir, which, of course, if you are not reading Thor, you don't know. And I saw a lot of people complaining. And I was like, aha, Kate's thought of that, despite having Thor confused. Uh, but yeah, I would say because when we were talking about this, I was like, we. I guess this could have maybe happened before. I'm not really reading yeah, before Thor the right big reveal. Now. Yeah. Um. So maybe that's why he's confused. Right. But the the enchantment's off on Mjolnir, so like other people can wield it. You don't need to be worthy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I just I, I read it as Venom is kind of worthy in this moment, uh, and then Venom, of course, uh, he pulls the the surfer sword, and then he just like mushes them together yeah. and makes a big axe that is in the shape of the Venom logo. Yeah. It, like, it, that's it, pretty fun. It is. It is 100%. That. You even got the little pincers at the top. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, Venom fights Null and wins at uh, the end. Yeah, there isn't even, like, a moment where, like, it looks like Null might actually <laughs> turn the tide. Nope, Null acts like he's going to do that, where he's like, you fool, but I'm Null. And Venom's like, yeah, but you're, like, stupid. Yeah, but nah. Yeah, but no. Nah, and but like, here, I'm going to throw a celestial at you. Nah. No. Nah. Nah, but yeah, I beat you, though. Yeah. And, and then- I pulled your symbiote goo off of you because his sword axe thing can do that now. That's yeah. fun. And then he just throws him into the sun. <laughs> where, I mean, to be fair, that's where all of our problems should be going. That's right. I, I mean, listen, that's a plan. <laughs> you know, everybody suggests this idea. Yeah. So why not? There were some images in here that really reminded me of, like, old books. Yes. Like this felt like a books. like a Jim Starlin book. Yeah, there's just like there's, but done in a, in a slightly cleaner, more modern way mm-hmm. for sure. But like some images really like gave me like some straight up nostalgia vibes where I was like, oh, this is so funny. This yeah. is like this just came out, but like has these moments of like, yeah, this is the past. Mm-hmm. Also, Blade and Vampires. Yeah. Hey, Blade also is like, haha. It... Donny Cates is like, may I write a Blade book now? Yeah, right. Except Donny Cates really wants to write a Spider-Man book. 
But I'll take Blade. You know, Donny Cates writes multiple books. He'll write a Blade. <laughs> no one would complain. Uh, he does the Gremlins 2 plot where he lures all the vampires out uh, and then drops the, the big pretend curtain of the symbiote-like he, goo. Well, yeah, well, the goo drops itself. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, yeah. you know, it's Gremlins 2. Because he knows what time it is. Because he knows what time it Which is. Which I like that. I did like that. That fit. Like, I was reading Blade. I was like, yeah, this is very snarky. Like, yep, it's yeah. fun. Sure, I immediately put Wesley Snipes' voice in there. Yeah. Which I know is not accurate, because he should be British. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but as far as the collective consciousness goes, who nobody cares. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Null's like, nah, you may have killed me, but I've got your son, and then uh, Venom saves his son. You know, like, oh, whatever. Oh, the Unipower also is like, peace. I'm so out. it leaves. And then uh, Venom reaches into his son, and he pulls out the, like, whatever. The piece of Null that was within him. Yes, thank you. And uh, And then he, like, destroys it. And then... Real Venom shows up, like the symbiote, and it's like, hey, Eddie, let's do this. Let's be Venom again. And he's like, you got it. But then there's like a chorus of voices he can hear, and then as we all guess what happened, he's the king of Because you saw the cover of uh, the last issue of Venom, which uh, had Venom sitting on the goddamn s- s- throne holding the sword. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, Venom's the king in black. The whole book is about Venom becoming the king in black. Yeah, right? and like, I mean, like... Who'd have thought? You know... It's an action-packed, ridiculous, over-the-top ending that yep. like hits a lot on like the chords that you'll find often, or like the like like notes that you'll see Donny Cates hitting. Like you mean it, fathers and sons, or fa- well, well, there's also baby teeth as father and daughter. Oh, that's true. Um, but like parents and children, and like the protection of them, and like what they'll do, like what lengths what they'll they would go, go to, to, yeah. to in order to like save them and protect them. So far as going to like taking that piece of null from him and then like basically becoming the king in black yeah. and, and, and such, which I was like, okay, cool. Yep. Like we all saw that coming. Whatever. Yeah. I think so from, from issue one, but like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, who cares? Because no one has done anything with Eddie Brock that anyone has cared about since 1994. No, I'm like super excited though that null got thrown into the sun. Yeah. Cause we're all done with him. Yeah. Until, until uh, we're not, and, until he like somehow finds a way to extinguish the sun. And there's like a, like all like, like if like all heroes event going on yeah like null the sunbreaker right there you go <laughs> i mean honestly like they they did the whole they, they've already resurrected flash thompson because of codexes and whatnot so like you could just have null in a codex or mm-hmm. something whatever but flash thompson's back right. uh eddie's back mm-hmm. uh venom's back mm-hmm. uh anti-venom's back right yeah, you get a lot of stuff. You you get a lot of like cleaning house in this issue. Yeah. Uh, plus some cool moments of like Venom wielding a Venom axe that's made of other like classic weapons in the Marvel universe. Um, and yeah, you know it's cool. It's there's no like who could complain? You know, it's just a bunch of stuff, and uh, it's fun to watch them do their thing. Uh, the last four issues were the exact same thing. You know, like there was, there were no moments of, there were no changes in tone or execution. Stegman's art was on point from beginning to end. Yeah. Uh, Kate's is, I feel like this is, you know, when they did Avengers vs. X-Men, they had like a side book that was just the fights, mm-hmm. which I thought was dreadful. Uh, this is basically that, where it's like, the Venom book is where the character stuff is. Mm-hmm. And the like plot, the action plot and all like the cool stuff that happens, which also features Venom, will be in this. You know, and that's mm-hmm. fine. And that's that's what people want. That's what you want to do in your major events. <laughs> uh, is just do this. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think it's a successful Marvel Comics event. They did a ton of tie-ins, which you know agree or disagree about the strengths of those. 
Uh, arguably, Daredevil had the best one. Right. Uh, no question about that, except for Ghost Rider. There, there was a line in this that, like, I was like, oh, it's, it's, I mean, I get it because it's the Silver Surfer right. he's talking to, but, like, Noel says, like, no matter how fast light travels, darkness is always there, waiting. Right. And I was like, I guess. I feel what? like it should have been, like, you know, no matter, like, with the light, it's like, you can't have it without the dark. Right. Yeah. But I think he might have said that already. And so Kate's like, oh, I don't want to repeat myself. Oh, that's fair. That's because fair. Noel only says three things. So, you know, I don't want to like. He doesn't want to quote Bob Ross. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, you can't have the light without the dark. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, like, I, I think it's weird. There aren't any Null statues or Null action figures at this point because like, you know. I feel like McFarlane would work on one, but also at the same time, he's like, but that's like Spawn. Yeah. Back off. Well, also McFarlane works for DC. Yeah. Hasbro could do a good job. Noel will be a build a figure. I mean, obviously. I would, I, I could see McFarlane doing a Venom King in Black. Or, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like That'd be cool. Figure with the wings and oh, everything. Yeah. Like, oh, I he'd think... love to do the wings. He's, all his characters, all his, all his DC figures have wings now. Yeah. And then you can get like the, like a variant of it that has like a voice box in it. Like the old Venom. Toy. Yeah. Rah. You can't have the light without the dark. Rah. I was going to say, like, I'll eat your brains. I'll eat your brains. That's what Venom says. That's what I'm saying. It's the Venom version. Oh, yeah, that's where true. The, where he's the king of the symbiotes. Yeah, just raw. <laughs> I'll eat your brains. <sighs> I, I feel like this was like a popcorn yeah. kind of book. Yeah. Um, it's fine. Nothing deep or... No, I, I mean, like, look, Kate's can write some deeper stuff with like some emotional payoff. Um, but yes. you'll find, I think, a little more of that in his indie titles for sure. But, like, yeah. you know, like Venom's never one of the characters that like... I don't follow Venom. I, 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 you know, he he'll pop into books that I read for sure, like Maybe. Spirits of Venom, um, <laughs> for example. Yeah, thirty years ago, sure. Yeah, yeah, and I did read a little bit of Venom at one point. Just mm -hmm. I, I'll, 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 you know, check in. So yes. for me, this was just like, oh, okay, cool. It's a high flying action adventure. You know, it, it's it's you know, Return of the Jedi when the chips are down and how we're gonna get out of this. Oh, yay, we all win. Yeah, and I do appreciate that it isn't like a Scott Snyder major event where it's like. We watch them like about to win and then lose and then they're about to win and then they lose again and then they're about to win and then they lose again. No, it's, and then, it's literally like it's it's just so the bad, you know, the bad guys like the good guys think they have the upper hand and then the bad guys like, but I got this. And it's yep. like, that's fine. You know, it's sometimes it's, you it's want a good that. Sometimes you you want to just have like something that's a little more formulaic in yeah. that. And you still like if you care for these characters and you like this, you might find yourself still rooting for them, even if you know at the end of the day, everything's going to be OK. A expert house cleaning, by the way. Sure. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, should Flash Thompson have died at the end of Dan Slott's run? Absolutely not. It was a completely tacked on meaningless death that was just really just done kind of like spitefully, it feels like. Uh, so Kate's like, fix that. Uh, Venom, you know, we got to get Eddie Brock back in the Venom symbiote. <laughs> and I don't know if anyone will want to try and match Kate's status quo for Eddie Brock Venom at right. this point. So it's like, well, then just put him on a planet of the symbiotes and put him over there. And when people want to do something with him, they'll they'll pick him up over there. You yeah. know, because you also got Dylan and what he's going to do. Maybe put him on the champions, make him a little Venom Jr. Who knows what they're going to do? But mm -hmm. like you can focus on Dylan instead and just have Venom go over there and be cool over there until you're ready for him in mm -hmm. case of glass, in case of emergency break glass. We cleaned up Venom. Uh, you know, we got to, we got a, a, a cleaned up relationship between Peter and Eddie, which is kind of fun. Uh, you got to bring in the X-Men and show them, like, you know, the, you know, no one who is giving the X-Men a hard time from the Avengers or any other, like, you know, human team can be like, you guys never play ball. It's like, what are you talking about? Remember when that, like, monster from the sky came in and turned everything into goo? We were, like, on the front lines with you. Like, so he set up that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, he, di he did the, the greater Marvel Universe world building, mm -hmm. which is cool. 
Uh, did a lot of like he did a lot of good work for the status quo. What what's gonna happen to Dylan? Who cares? What's gonna happen to that Venom baby? Right. What's gonna <laughs> happen to that Venom baby? I mean, like he, he's gonna be you know cause he's got it. the he's got the Venom pet. He can be a I feel Venom like character. If I I I don't know if I really want to see this or if I'm just gonna say this out loud and then immediately regret that. Um, but I yeah. feel like if Spider Man were in a different position it would have been interesting if he and mary jane were still like trying to get their relationship back together and, and they bring had, in dylan and he had to take dylan in for a little bit i'm really cool like just being like okay yeah well it'd be really cool if eddie was like i trust you yeah you have to take care you of have him. to take care of my son it'd be really neat and like mary jane's like no i'm not a mom yeah he's like but you're a hot mom right <laughs> you're a milf <laughs> peter yeah sorry <laughs> that's uh, you're like aunt may tagging you in right That'd be amazing. To have Aunt May See, help raise Dylan. It'd be cool if Eddie asked her to do it. Oh my gosh. Like, irrespective of Peter. So Peter yeah. just comes back and, like, Dylan's there. And Dylan's there. I'd be okay with that. I'd be A-okay with that. I'd be, like, A-plus okay with that. that. Like, having Aunt May, like, you know, help yeah. to raise the, the son of... The son of his enemy? Yeah. That'd be amazing. That'd be freaking awesome. That'd be a great status quo for, for Aunt May, too, because no one's done anything interesting with Aunt May in the last 10 years. Right? Uh, you you keep facing her... Whatever. They don't really have to write a book about it, but it's no, something that can be checked just in. in there. Yeah, if you could put Gog <laughs> in their apartment, you can put Dylan in Aunt May's place. Yeah. Uh, Therio, God of Rage, how do you two feel about Jim Zub as a writer? I love his current Conan run and loved his Dungeons and Dragons and Avengers No Road Home runs. I personally think that he's one of the best and most genuine writers working today. Well, now we know who Therio God of Rage is. Jim, it's great to have you <laughs> on the show. Stop. No, I, I thank you very much for your super chat, by the way. Yes, thank you, thank you. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I know Jim well enough to call him a friend, but I know him well, more well than I know a lot of other creators. So I can speak to him as a person yeah. and a creator. And I can say that not only is he a damn fine guy mm -hmm. but he also is a a fine creator and i liked everything you mentioned his conan run is so lovingly crafted crafted it, he it is you know like aaron was like i've always wanted to do conan and so get the fuck out of my way zub i'm doing conan and he did his conan and it's yeah. it's jason aaron's conan it's which you love i do love totally it's different completely different because it's just it's snapshots couched in a in, the in story. a grander tale but it's like but it's aaron's idea yeah it's totally different jim zub is giving you howard's conan well because you read them which is like not only did he do that, but then when he did um, Serpent Crown, yes. he brought in other characters that yes. like had been also created by Howard, right. and, and and like was like, look, I actually know about these characters, and used them properly. Yes, and it's like and Moon Knight, right? And and Moon Knight, <laughs> and and that's the thing is that Zub loves Conan. Yeah, and it's like if I were given Spider Man, like I don't know if I would be the best at it, but I would, but they would be loving tributes to those who made me love that character right i you know what it is it's just you know if you liked aaron's conan then like zubs might have seemed jarring to you but i'm telling you right now go back and pick them up and check them out because yeah it is conan it's an adventure story it you know it, it gets to the heart of him it gets to like addressing the many like facets of this character who's yeah. seemingly just like you think about it you're like it's conan he's a warrior or whatever but it's like yeah but there is there is warrior conan right. and there's like you know 
you know, honorable Conan and there's thief Conan yeah. and like, and eventually there'll be King Conan. Yes. But like, so there's all these different Conans and Conan chooses to do what Conan chooses to do at any particular time. Exactly. And Zub seems to get that. Yeah. And irrespective of Conan, like his no road home, obviously that was a, there was a collective effort. He's, but that like no road home and no surrender are great. Uh, they're master classes of collaboration where it just shows you like, you don't know like where Mark Wade or Al Ewing or Jim Zub begin and end. Mm. they worked so well together and mm-hmm. uh Zub is just and and his his ability to work with others and his ability and, and his knowledge and experience mm-hmm. contribute so it's one of those things where it's not just like i need to get like it's when you get grant morrison to write something mm-hmm. you just get because i need grant morrison you know but when you call jim Zub, you're calling a statesman and a collaborator you're asking for someone who can craft who can weave and who can work. Mm-hmm. And so he's not only like a good writer, but he's also a good like negotiator and planner and worker. Like he, he knows how to work well with others and still execute a, a solid product. You know, so it's one of those things where he might not get the notoriety or the cachet mm-hmm. of some of your favorite writers, but he also might be responsible for some of your favorite runs. Right, right. Because he's just, he's just a good solid writer. Mm-hmm. And because he's humble enough to be like, I'm just gonna tell the story that I want to tell, and uh, no, no, what's... and you know, if you don't, you know, if you don't want it, that's not, you know. He's very Canadian about it, which I really appreciate. <laughs> he also wrote Wayward. He did write Wayward, and that's like that's very much that's back then. Yeah, it was back in the day. It's back in the day, but that's independent. That's 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 Zub not doing anything but doing but it. For definitely himself. not the sword and sorcery that you like you might be used to, but like just t- trying something out. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we dig we dig Zub. And uh, not just on a personal level, but also on a professional level. He's yeah. a good. He's a good writer. Yeah. Uh, ignore that. Sure. Um. So thank you for your question. I'm sure. Uh. You know. Sure. You didn't expect us to to talk about him for a long time. Uh, Super Pooper. Uh, Null's impact was definitely null. I wish it was more Eldric horror than Null becoming a punching bag for everyone. Carnage was scarier. I agree. Carnage was scarier. They yeah. did something way better. I always with want than this. more Eldric horror, but that's just me. Yeah, I liked I liked Conway's Carnage better than this. Ah. Uh, Danv900. Did either of you read Giger by uh, Jeff Johns and Gary Frank? If so, ignore me. If you discussed it earlier, I liked it, but I didn't love it. Nah. No. Uh, but thank you. Uh, Jam Call X, Aunt May slow walking with shades on through the door with a fog machine, laser light show, and hip hop. I hear there's a parrotless child needs cared for. Pew pyrotechnics. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, really, the best people that should take Dylan in are Martha and Jonathan Kent. Yeah. But, you know not in that universe i say man i say aunt may we've not gotten that you know maybe if normie had been put in the care of aunt may he wouldn't be such a weirdo right but yeah yeah get get may out there come on may so yeah what are you doing uh so let's jump into some recommendations for books that are coming out this week that you think I, you should pick I up i feel like there are definitely more books that i was going to recommend but i don't see them here mm. well you are uh yeah this is the week so well you just take that and keep, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna yeah, investigate keep looking. yeah investigate i will i will make my recommendations here uh Batman the Detective from Tom Taylor and Andy Kubert is coming out. Oh, Andy Kubert. Oh, Andy Kubert. I am looking forward to this. I don't even know why. I think it's because Tom Taylor is writing an incontinuity Batman story with Andy friggin' Kubert drawing it. And while uh, we've seen Batman as a detective, we get a new suit, we get a new setting, uh, and it's just classic Batman. It's a six-issue miniseries. Looks like fun. 
I'm willing to I'm I'm willing to check that out. It's similar to my other recommendation, which of course is nonstop Spider-Man from uh, Joe Kelly and Chris Bocciolo. The last issue was fun. wasn't amazing. wasn't mind blowing, okay. but it was nonstop. So the title didn't didn't lie. Okay. And uh, and it's fun to see this kind of thing. Just some it, it, it's a title of Spider-Man is doing something else. Also, I'm really digging these David Finch covers. Uh, <laughs> so that's fun. But it's another one of those books where it's like if you're not digging on what's going on over there. Maybe you might like what's going on over here. Uh, of course, the Joker number two is coming out, and uh, the Joker. I'm no- looking forward to this one. Yeah, the Joker number two, of course, written by James Tynion the fourth and Sam Johns, with art by Mirka Andolfo. Uh, and uh, no, no, that's yeah, that's the artist. Um, this is of course the secret Jim Gordon book. Uh, great we'll idea. We'll see. We'll see how long that lasts. That it is that. Yeah, I think that's exactly what this book's yeah going to be. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, uh, Jim Gordon hunting the Joker and maybe for hire to kill him. Assassination <gasps> mission. What? I love the idea. I love the idea that the Joker is just as much Jim Gordon's villain as Batman's. Uh, Daredevil number 29 is coming out from Chip Zdarsky and Marco Cicchetto. Uh Look at Elektra as Daredevil. If you don't care about writers and story and stuff, and you just care about costumes, look at how cool she looks! I can't wait to see this at Comic-Con! <laughs> like, I'm getting all the pictures. I, I, I might. I don't know. I don't normally post... I don't, I don't take pictures with female cosplayers. It's just one of those things. Where I'm like, eh, I'll go should... take a picture with one of them. Thank you. Well, I mean, no, I, I just don't do it because it's just, you know... <laughs> It'll be me and them. I'll be like, hi! <laughs> yeah. But uh, but this is a this is just a great series and it's been b- great for the last twenty eight issues. I'm sure twenty nine will be no exception. Uh, read Daredevil; it's terrific. And hey, if you like Chip Zdarsky, you may want to stick around tomorrow around one p.m. Eastern Standard Time, ten a.m. Pacific, uh, to watch me and Chip chat. It's going to be live, so you can ask your own questions. Chip chat. Chip chat. We should call it that. Chip chat. Please uh, don't. Batman: Urban Legends number two is coming out. Another anthology series. This also has just Zdarsky writing the main story with it, which is Red Hood and Batman. Uh, trying to solve the same case, but uh, from two different angles. Uh, if you are not happy with Batman like I am, it's another book that stars Batman that will get some money from me. Uh, so yeah, uh, there's more. Uh, don't 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 forget uh, there's also the book that Chip and I are going to be talking about tomorrow, which is Spider-Man: Spider's Shadow, which is a I believe six issue mini series. Might be wrong about that, but it is a mini series that is set in the What If label. As you can see in the top right hand corner, is actually a little like new What If logo, which Tiffany is a graphic designer. What do you think of that? Because <laughs> it's a question mark. I know. I like part of it. It is missing the distinguishing mark for the question. Oh, the mark. dot? Nah, you got that. I uh, mean- but. These Phil Noto covers are the bomb. The second issue is even more great than the first issue. Um, I believe Zdarsky is also doing covers, though. But uh, great stuff. This, I got to read this. Did you really? Like a week ago. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Marvel sent me the book. Oh. As per Zdarsky's oh, request. Yeah. Well, that way you guys can have a conversation. So we could talk about it. But uh, yeah, man, let me tell you, like, like Chip was nice enough to help work that out. And uh, they sent me the book, and I read it, and I can tell you without any hesitation that this book is terrific. Uh, it's a mini-series, so the idea is it's tackling the what-if format, but uh, it's actually going to be like a mini-series so you can really explore the concepts in the universe that are being set up instead of like, you know, just 
Hey, so what if this happened? Well, I don't really have time to tell you, but here it is anyway. I hope you like it. The end. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you get to really explore the space, so right, to speak. Right, right, right. And so Spider Shadow, not not crazy about the title, but I am crazy about the series. I think it's really, really terrific. Um, and I believe on the twenty eighth, Shadow Man comes out. I think you're right. So I won't say it's next week. It, it is. It is. It is. It's, yeah. It's, it's on its way. It is on its way. It's At on its way. The end of the month, you can check out check out Shadow Man, which is super exciting. Speaking of shadows, uh, <laughs> so yeah, and they're not Phil. Yeah, they are Phil Noto. There's variant covers as well that are also done by other people. But yeah, Phil Noto did this cover. Do uh, did you know there's a Darkhawk book coming out? I did see that, but I skipped talking about it. Uh, look at that! It's Darkhawk. It's the 30th anniversary of the 90s hottest hero. <laughs> oh, so they're gonna be like, well, I guess we'll it's talk a th- about it. It's not an ongoing. I think it's just like it's just three stories written by uh, Danny. Oh no, uh, written by Dan Abnett. Oh. Uh, I think. Let me explore the wing. Okay. There's there's an untold story of Darkhawk's earlier by Danny Fingeroff and Mike Manley. Oh my God! What? There's here another uh, ish or another story in there by Dan Abnett and Andrea Devito. Cool. And then um, find out what hold what the future holds for Darkhawk by Kyle Higgins. Oh wow! Okay, I guess we'll read Darkhawk. I don't know if I'm reading Darkhawk. I just want to point it out. Did you also see that uh, Challenge of the Super Sons number one? Oh yeah, it's coming out. The boys are back in time. Wow. Seven. It's a seven issue miniseries, and I think yep. it's coming out in print. Yep, it's so, written by Tomasi with art by Max Rayner. Cool. Uh, so Listen, you, can, you if, can check that out as well. If you want to, if you want Jonathan Kent to be aged back, you need to buy this series and have it outsell Superman. If this series outsells Superman, which isn't hard to do, because <laughs> Superman sells like shit, you will get change. They only change if you make financial shifts there you go yeah um uh, also for um you x-men fans uh wolverine's coming out this week and children of the Atom number two which oh, is yeah. written by uh vita ayala with mm-hmm. art by bernard chang yes uh who does a nice job he does i'm sorry however okay no, I'm kidding. <laughs> leave me alone leave me alone i didn't back down and then the last thing i want to mention um for my lock and key fans and my Sandman fans, um, the Lock and Key Sandman Universe crossover number one is coming out. I thought they did this already. I thought it was over. <laughs> this is Hell and Gone number one. The epic crossover between two of the most beloved fantasy universes in comics begins here. Mm-hmm. Uh, written by Joe Hill and Neil Gaiman. What? That's what it says here. Gaiman's not credited on the cover. Okay, I think so he's it's probably more Joe just... Hill. He probably had to approve. Yeah. So they credited him there, but yeah. like I bet he has to have approval on this type of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Then I, well, he he won't even let like DC do stuff without uh, you know if, if they just want to use one of these characters. Um, so if you're go, feel free check it out if you want. If you if you want a more lock and key, or are you, you gonna wanna, read it? I I don't know because I know you were not a you were not a great you you didn't you didn't like this. Item. I'm such a I'm such a like purist curmudgeon with this stuff What's, I don't know why like other things I'm like woo awesome fun and then this I'm like no yeah <laughs> you should read it anyway just I to should. try it because like what I if should. they bring back Morpheus they won't they're never gonna because Daniel Hall sucks no they're never gonna they, I think Gaming just knows he's like no way <laughs> no Tim, way Tiffany wants that too badly yeah <laughs> rabbit no, it, oh. it would just it would like it would take away from the story they can't it's okay. i mean at this point haven't they already well <laughs> just give me the super chat rab l just from batman's jacket you can tell it's cool agreed yeah 
Uh, hey, a good jacket goes a long way. Yeah. <laughs> Thario God of Rage, thank you so much for your continued oh incredible thank support, you, thank you, dude. Thank you. Uh, no, I loved it. I'm glad that you both enjoy Zub's work as much <laughs> as I do. I loved Serpent War as well. Nice. I know Zub is a big fan of Scarlet Witch, and I'd love for Marvel to give him a shot at it. I'm looking forward to Thor number 14 this week. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be fine. Because Scarlet Witch had a, a series for a little bit, and he I did. think she did. honestly enjoyed it. Um, And I think Zub could do something really fun with that. I bet we'd see a little more Elder God in there. Yeah, definitely. A little more Cathan going on. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Uh, Curvon55, think Donny Cates would be super suitable on Spider-Man? I think that that is moot. I think that Donny Cates has been on record. He says, if Spencer, like, if if they'd let me bump Spencer, I'll take it. Like, he's, like, I want to write Spider-Man. Nick Spencer's like, hey. Yeah, nobody cares, Nick. Oh. Yeah. Your stock has plummeted. Sorry. Oh. You were rude to me one time at Keystone Comic Con, so now I'm not going to sing your praises anymore. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, so no, I, I think that Donny Cates would do a great job with Spider-Man. Uh, you know, I think, it, you know, it's funny. We talked about like Dylan being in the guard of Peter Parker. Yeah. Uh, if Donny Cates gets Spider-Man, that might be exactly what they do with it. Oh, man. Since it's fathers and sons and stuff. You hey, know what I mean? <laughs> Donny, you check it out. Just give him to Aunt May. Yeah, good idea. But yeah, I think so. Uh, Girk Pectus, you have any ideas for a CP video game? I would love to make a level for you guys completely free. But I have no ideas. I don't have much dev, uh, dev experience, though. Well, listen, you don't have to make any kind of comic book video game. But if you did, it would be in the style of Streets of Rage. What? You know, guys, and they punch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would want to see that. You know, like an eight-bit game where uh, where it's like uh, it's like that. It's like Streets of Rage, <laughs> or like X Men the arcade arcade game. You know, it's just a just a just a whatever they call it. I, I used to know it. You know, so just punching. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, because they're little distinct characters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for asking. No one's ever asked. Uh, Storm King, uh, have either of you ever read any of Kevin Smith's Dynamite published series, Bionic Man or The Green Hornet? I think Ethan might appreciate the realistic take on The Bionic Man. Stay awesome as always. Thank you, Storm King. No, I have not. No. I've avoided it, honestly. Uh, and it's only because, like, I used to, like... I, I I love Kevin Smith. Uh, I I just I, neither of them interested me, so I, I didn't want like my personal like disinterest to merge with my with my with my strong interests and right. become this kind of like meh. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I should because I don't like I I don't care about Green Hornet and the Bionic Man the way like you know what I mean like the way you read about like right. you, you like I. I can't articulate to you how little I give a shit about those properties. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I just, I feel so strongly about how about my disinterest in those properties. I, I couldn't begin. And I just, I feel bad about like how much I don't care about those two yeah. ideas. Like when we saw Green Hornet in the theaters, we were like, all right, Green Hornet, right? It took a lot. Like for me personally to just go. Oh really? I mean, I really wanted to see it. I the best part about it, of course, was Chris. The first Walls. five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, and I was. I, that's the most I've seen of Green Hornet since then. Yeah. I've seen that scene more that than I've seen all of it. That scene is so so hilarious. So hilarious. I, I was all I needed. Yeah. Did you know Nick Cage was supposed to play him? <laughs> and Nick Cage had like an insane uh, idea. Like he was gonna play it like a Rastafarian. And that uh, they just like laughed at him, and you know. Anyway, but then th but thankfully, Christoph Waltz was uh, was Bloodnowski, and it's hilarious. It's so good. Yeah, good. but uh, literally the book I was looking for earlier was right there. 
There's the children. Oh, children! I, I just literally couldn't see it because of the. It's uh, just a lot of colors all it, at once. The, yeah, we're looking the, at a tapestry of it's books. It's the logo color. That's the. Problem. Oh yeah, the logo yeah. color against the. They put a gradient color. on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, gradient? Hey, Luke, they're back. They're in. Gradients are back. They're in, baby. Great. <laughs> it's Ian. So. Thank you all so much for your support. Thank you especially to our super chatters uh, for supporting us yeah, to, on today's episode. Amazing. Uh, if you'd like to support us further, of course, you can go to patreon.com slash compop and get early access to Back Issues, which comes out on Wednesday. Uh, it's a great episode. Tiffany's on it. I hope, it. I hope you like it. I, I talked way too much in that one. I think you're going to like it. I don't know. Uh, and of course, uh, as always, you know, make sure to be <laughs> excellent to each other, pre-order your books, and uh, watch tomorrow's episode of Elseworlds Exchange. If you can't get enough of Elseworlds Exchange, stay on this channel. Go watch my chat with Tom Brevoort. You know, he's senior VP of Marvel. He doesn't do this all the time. He's like, and like, I literally like, I had no idea what Brevoort looked like or sounded like, and mm -hmm. so you gave me an early preview of it, and like. I mean this in the nicest way possible, like literally in the nicest way possible. So I hope gonna ruin my chances of working for Marvel now, aren't you? No, I, he's just he's just jolly. He is jolly. He's just a jolly guy, like in like the best way possible. He just like it was so like friendly. Yeah, he's jolly, but he does not pull punches, man. He no, I mean like he's I, like fuck everything. Oh, listen, <laughs> it's really like, funny. <laughs> you you think like if Santa were real, he would pull punches? No way, no, he doesn't have to. He's, he's unaccountable gonna, to anybody. He's, he's like immortal. He knows everything. He's yeah. gonna like he's gonna make you dress you down, make you feel bad but in a jolly way that's right that's, that's that's very true so check out that episode and more there's so much is, more we had a lot of content this week is we, the is the back issues episode the one with the white scheme yes that's yes, the one uh do, what, what are they talking about go to tiktok and check out real comic pop and follow us over on tiktok where we throw tangents and other random crap on there because it's freaking tiktok and i'm too old to be using it it is the so, it is the white scheme mask so yes it is the it, it is the white scheme mask reference <laughs> <laughs> that's some of the that's some of the best uh, delivery from Ben I've seen in a long time. Yeah, well, he, that, that, he was earnest. He was, yeah, he was, yeah. That's that's the thing. When Ben really means something, he is he is on point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time with another episode. Of course, stay tuned for more. Uh, watch the Breeboard episode, and stay. Come by tomorrow at at, at one at one p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and be there live as Chip and I chat about Spider Man Spider Shadow. From the upcoming on or not ongoing, but like the the pitch for a mini series for What If, where What If would be a mini series for each character. Mm. So check that out. Yeah, come by for some chip chats. Chip chats. Chip chats. Chip chats. <laughs> Chatting with Chip. Chip chat. All right. So long, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Bye.